are the three biggest pest management concerns food and beverage processors face during transportation? We cover that and more during this special bonus episode of the Food for Thought podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Erin Holstrom. This week, I talked to Pamela Peckman and Sharon Dobesh of Industrial Fumigant Company to gain a better understanding of the pest control issues that can arise during transportation. During the next 20 minutes, we talk about common pests found in shipping as well as regulations surrounding sanitation and pest-free shipping. Stick around until the end, where we discuss preventative measures food facilities can take, as well as ways IFC can help food and beverage processors with their pest management programs. Enjoy the episode! I'm so excited to have a great team on today. Welcome! Hi! Hi. There's so much I want to cover with you today. I really want to dig right in. Let's talk food safety and transportation. What are the three biggest food safety concerns food processors face during transportation? Food processors work hard to ensure the safety of food products throughout the supply chain, but, you know, the supply chain can involve great distances uh, that the ingredients or finished food must travel. Uh, not to mention lots of hands-off along the way. So uh, they actually have a lot of concerns in this arena, uh, such as biosecurity, theft, driver and fleet safety, and then, of course, uh, what Sharon and I know the most about, and that's pest management concerns. So I'm going to change your question to uh, what are the three biggest pest management concerns faced during transportation, uh, which are probably um, microbial concerns, Uh, physical foreign uh, material concerns by way of arthropods, birds, rodents, and then also uh, chemical contamination concerns. So, you know, food safety and security during transportation is critical, and the use of a security seal uh, helps ensure items were not messed with after the door is closed and the truck pulls away. But the only problem with those security seals is that pests don't have a clue what they are, and if door seals are not tight and the unit happens to park in an area conducive to pests, there's always that possibility of an unwanted stowaway. What are some common pests found during inbound and outbound shipping? Some of the most common pests that we find, and it kind of depends, inbound is usually things like rodents, mice or rats, um, ants, and other things that might be uh, in the food, uh, say stored product pests, and outbound shipping pests are going to be very similar. Um, as Pamela mentioned, you know, if door seals are not sealed on the trucks during transportation, anywhere along that route, uh, something could potentially enter that shipment. And that's when you find sometimes those unwanted hitchhikers um, or sometimes you know, some stored product pests may have uh, found their way into product even before shipping began. Um, there's also other things like ants that can be in trailers if they're not cleaned out properly uh, before a shipment is loaded. So, or they can be picked up if a, sh- if a trailer sits someplace for a long period of time um, over an ant mound or an ant hill. Uh, so it really depends on 
where and how those uh, shipments have been handled and what they've encountered along the way. Is there a specific pest that is more likely to cause a problem during transportation? Um, I would say probably rodents are one of your biggest problems if they get trapped in a trailer. Uh, they can do a lot of damage both physically by gnawing and scratching and chewing at product. Um, as well as if they urinate, causing stains and odors. Um, you know, a, a nest of mice or something can do a lot of damage to products in transportation. Yeah, the other problem with rodents is, you know, their fecal pellets are small and dark in color, so um, if they're present on a pallet that might have been uh, stored in an exterior uh, storage area, um, and then they bring those pallets in and load them, that dropping may get missed, and then now you've got the dropping being shipped with product and somebody investigating or inspecting the area, they may find that and still think the, you know, the rodent's present. Um, so the presence of my, mice uh, may be due to um, the fact that that happened a while back and they're no longer present, but that telltale sign of a problem somewhere along the way is still there. And so now what do you do? And, and also, you know, stored product insects are, they're pretty tiny too. So, uh, you you know, it, it is possible to have infestation in, in a storage area that then gets shipped along the way. And then um, as you're inspecting the material that you receive, you may find it's infested and it, it wasn't noticed beforehand because you are talking about very tiny insects, and uh, especially if they're inside material um, and not visible readily from outside the packaging. Why is pest-free shipping an important aspect of an integrated pest management program? Well, I would say one aspect that's very important of this is because you don't want to send a, an insect problem to another site or facility. Um, and you want good, clean products to arrive uh, so it's not rejected. So pest-free shipping is very important you know, from the point of spreading a problem. Uh, it's also then very important is in terms of keeping uh, food clean, a good product so that you know, it's, it's um, arrived in, intact, unadulterated, um, uncontaminated. Uh, that type of thing. Um, and it's also important, uh, you know, more recently we've come across the situation even with pests that are maybe not directly food pests, but they occur in an area where there's a quarantine pest or something, so that even uh, exteriors of trucks may need to be in inspected so that you're not carrying pests that are maybe even plant pests or something uh, out to another area of the country where they do not exist and spread a quarantine problem to another area. I'm curious, are there any regulations about sanitation for pest-free shipping? Uh, yeah, there are. Um, the Sanitary Transportation of Human and Animal Foods was first published uh, June of 2016, and that was by the Food and Drug Administration. So um, if you remember, the Food Safety and Modernization Act that was passed by Congress, um, it, it was actually implemented by FDA, and they generated lots of different rules. So that sanitary transportation rule was just one of them. And uh, it, it actually covers a lot of folks, a lot of parties that are involved with the transportation process. That includes the shippers, receivers, loaders, and carriers. So some of these 
requirements may, may be new to carriers who, you know, haven't been as involved in the food industry, but they do transport the food. But these uh, requirements, they're found at 21 CFR 1.900 through 934, and they, re they require written agreements between the parties, uh, procedures, and training records, and those items have to be in place in, in uh, the event FDA stops by for an inspection. So when you take a closer look at some of those sections under the sanitary transportation rule, they actually talk about uh, the definition uh, for applying uh, whether food's adulterated within the meaning of Section 402. Um, they define pest to mean any objectionable animal or insect, including birds, rodents, flies, and larvae. Not sure why they define pests that way, but <laughs> they've got those different uh, definitions for flies and larvae, too. Um, and then they talk about vehicles and transportation equipment used in transportation operations must be so designed and of such material and workmanship as to be suitable and adequately cleanable for their intended use, and that's to prevent the food they transport, obviously, from becoming unsafe or, or adulterated within the meaning of uh, 402A of the Federal Food Drug and Cosmetic Act. So, and then they also have one last thing in there under pest management, and that's vehicle and transportation equipment must be stored in a manner that prevents it from harboring pest or becoming contaminated in any manner that could result in food for which it will be used from becoming unsafe during transportation. So, yeah, there's, there are some definite transportation food safety rules. Something we just talked about that really jumped out at me was about defining pests. Why is proper pest identification so important? Well, in order to begin to address any pest uh, issue, you need to know what you're looking at. And this is for a variety of reasons. Um, first of all, to know maybe where it might have been picked up along the way, uh, to know how and what methods might be available to control or contain it. Um, also, if you want to do root cause discovery, um, to be able to go back and do some traceback work. You need to know the biology of the pest, the types of habitats that it likes, um, know the life stage that you're working with, um, and these are all important. You know, um, I like to use one, a couple of examples in that, uh, like if you, one insect that looks very alike, say red flower beetle and confused flower beetle, they're to most people very difficult to tell apart with the naked eye um, unless you have a microscope or a hand lens or something and know what key characters to look for. Um, you know, one flies um, readily in the environment, the other one it does not. Confused flower beetle does not. So if you have confused flower beetle, you know, you've probably brought that in from someplace where red flower beetle could maybe fly in from outside your facility and be occurring naturally in the area. Um, another reason to know why it's so important is you take um, some beetles, like dermestid beetles, and they not only um, feed you know, on stored products, but they also can feed on things like dead rodent carcasses. And if, even if you have perfect sanitation, um, they can also feed on dead bodies of other insects. And so that's why deep sanitation can even be more important is knowing um, that you may have multiple sources for some of these pests. So getting to root cause and being able to do trace backs and uh, good control measures and 
targeting that life stage that's most uh, easily controlled, you need to know what pest you're dealing with and then know the biology behind that pest. And, and probably another reason uh, why it's important is you need to verify you actually have a problem. I, I remember one time going to look at a trailer uh, to confirm rodent activity, and um, it, only to find out that su the suspected rodent droppings were actually burnt coconut material that hadn't been properly cleaned up uh, before, the, before loading the trailer. So obviously they needed to do a better job of inspecting the trailer before loading and that type of thing. So um, it, it, sometimes you think you have a problem that is a pest, that's pest-related, and it ends up not being. And also um, sometimes there are occasional invader-type insects that, you know, maybe you find moths on the surface of, of some shrink wrap pallets and you're worried that you have a stored product insect there and you find out that it was just a, an occasional invader-type moth and maybe they had the doors open for extended period of time while they were loading, moths got in and happened to die there inside the trailer. Let's say I'm a food processor and I get a positive ID on a pest. What do I do? Well, the first thing you're going to want to do is go back to where that positive ID test came from. So was it a pallet? Was it a warehouse? And you need to determine the extent of the problem. Um, you know, is it in one pallet? Is it in half the warehouse? Is it already been loaded out and spread? Um, so you need to figure out the extent of the problem. And then, you know, that's where we kind of delve into our IPM toolbox and start using the tools that we have available so is it one where maybe we have, weren't monitoring for it very well, where we need to start putting out monitors, um, whether it be pheromones or checking ILT traps, um, you know, and then also doing targeted pest control. So how do we control this pest? Is it something where we can just say a pallet is contaminated, get that out of the area and um, take care of it um, as an, a single item? and then know what's allowed to be used. You know, do we need to follow up with, say, crack and crevice treatments um, in the facility, or is it strictly uh, you know, isolated where we can pull it out? It's no longer a problem and treat that pallet someplace else. Can a fumigation be done? Uh, maybe an IGR fogging. So we have a lot of tools in the toolbox that we can um, start applying, and it depends on how isolated or how far spread the problem is as to maybe some of the tactics that need to be implemented. Um, and it may get down to, you know, is it related to a sanitation problem, say in a piece of equipment or in the facility, or is it an exclusion problem? Do we have to do some exclusion maintenance on the facility? Um, so it's really kind of the next steps are trying to drill down and figure out what was the source of it, how did we get this problem, or was it one of those things that we did bring in in an inbound shipment and unloaded, and now we need to gain control of it. What are some preventative measures a facility can take with shipping? Pretty much the same preventative measures you employ for keeping your facility pest-free will apply to shipping. So, you know, focus on well-trained employees, uh, great sanitation programs, and monitoring, inspection, and exclusion programs specific to your shipping and receiving site. Um, so it, it, it's also important to have a detailed inspection checklist 
and procedures to follow in the event product must be put on hold and investigate closer, just like Sharon was mentioning earlier. You know, what if, you know, what if we do find an, uh, an infestation? Who are we going to contact? Who's going to make the call back to the, um, the shipper? Um, or if you're the receiver site and you receive a call, what are your procedures going to be for handling, you know, an investigation? What are some specific ways IFC can help food and beverage processors with their pest management programs? Um, at IFC, we offer a lot of tools and help to, um, to food processors. Um, you know, we start with, we, we will do uh, insect and pest identification. So they can either send photos or samples to us, and we help with identifications that way, uh, provide biology and literature. Um, we've done training seminars. Um, we help with uh, companies that will want to set up, say, threshold documents. And for, you know, they may need to say, okay, if our traps or our, our monitors reach a certain level, then we have thresholds and escalation procedures in place, and we can help define those for um, a site. Um, and we also, you know, help with trending reports and uh, maybe reading the data that they're getting within their facilities uh, to help ID problems. And we can also give uh, advice on things like um, what exclusion measures may need to be taken and do site assessments. And we also have very knowledgeable technicians that can assist, uh, you know, assist with facility assessments, uh, design of specific uh, site-specific integrated pest management programs, um, ongoing inspection and monitoring programs, and you know we talked a little bit about having uh, chemical safety concerns during shipping. They, you know, they can tell you what products can legally be used to treat that trailer, and they'll they'll take into account you know the target pest, what's going to be most effective on it, so you can get the most bang for your buck with you know one treatment. So, if it's something that's readily killed with a simple crack and crevice. Maybe you're dealing with ants. You don't have to be as aggressive as a fumigation that might be required for, you know, internal stored product insect infestations. And one other thing that uh, we're very good at doing is, is um, on-site training of employees. If you're setting up an inspection program for your trailers, uh, we can help with uh, training employees on what to look for, um, what the different insects of concern are, uh, some of the procedures for inspecting a trailer, uh, that type of thing. Wonderful. Well, Sharon, Pamela, thank you so much for joining me today on this special bonus episode of the Food for Thought podcast. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.